You're a little older and a lot wiser. The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. Hello and welcome. This is AARP Without Limits, WPTF Talk Radio, disrupting aging with the power of 50,000 watts, and our podcast available anytime on demand at WPTF.com or our Facebook, AARP North Carolina. I'm your host, Mike Olander of AARP North Carolina. We've got a great show for you today. Lisa Regal from AARP is back with us to talk about an executive action that was just taken here in North Carolina, declaring our state to be age-friendly. be speaking to her about that and much, much more. But before we get to that, Ladies and gentlemen, as always, our esteemed production engineer here at WPTF, Mr. Jason Kong. Jason, how you doing, sir? Great, Mike. We've we've made it to May, so I consider that a success. We have, yes, and uh, we're, be- we're we're looking at each other between glass again for the second week in a row. <laughs> yes, we have, folks. We normally, Jason and I, are in the same room together. Uh, we vibe, you know. We pass each other uh, uh, mints and stuff. No, we don't do that. <laughs> they try and uh, you know s- uh, secure me off in my own area as much as they can. I think it's for everyone else's safety. They do. And last time I referred to this as being somewhat similar to a prison, but we won't we won't go down that road this week. We're a bit more comfortable this time. Um, but uh, I have to say, Jason, uh, all that aside, a um, lot to celebrate going on uh, that I want to tell you about. Uh, I hope you've got an ear for it because I'm about to give you an earful of it. I'm ready. <laughs> big things. I'm not going to get into uh, the big news uh, with the governor. I'm going to speak with that. Um, about that with our guest shortly here, uh, though there is a lot to celebrate around that topic. Um, we've had a lot to celebrate at AARP, um, and things that one of the things is 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 uh, not not known outside of our uh, office walls, but it's certainly worth sharing. One of our team members recently celebrated their 35th work anniversary at AARP. Um, an amazing accomplishment. Um, just hearing, especially these days, you know, you hear about the turnover, you hear about people, you know, opting to get health insurance that's portable because they go from one job to the next. And you don't hear that many stories these days of somebody being at the same job for literally more than three decades. I was 13 when she started <laughs> at ARP to put that in some perspective, Jason. What do you think about that? Do you ever think now, how many years have you been here at WPTF or at Curtis Media? Oh boy, I'm uh, I'm not quite there. I'm at year 16. So okay. you know, I've got I've got a I've got a ways to go. Okay, me too. Actually I'm 16 years at ARP. Look at that. One more thing we have in common, Jason. Here I know. Video. It's it's Kismet. <laughs> it is, but 35 years. So anyway, we uh, we had the opportunity to be able to celebrate her and, you know, working any place for so long, you see a lot of change. You know, ARP has been around for, you know, close to 65 years now. So more than half the time ARP has been uh, an institution. Beverly has been with us uh, before we had ARP state offices, which only came about here in North Carolina in the early 2000s. You know, she started working at the regional level, um, and um, I think our closest regional office was Atlanta, and then we had Boston, you know, the major metro areas. And so many things have changed since then, uh, including, of course, how we do our work, how we engage um, ARP members, how we engage people who are 50 and older, 
um, in general, and um, it's uh, a, a quite quite an accomplishment there. So it was really wonderful for us to be able to get together with her, with members of the team, uh, members of her family, um, so they could see how uh, how much uh, her service with the organization has been uh, appreciated. Um, so that was really good. The other thing I want to celebrate, Jason, is is another uh, not a not a longevity type of milestone, but something very very significant. Um, our uh, AARP founder, her name is Ethel Percy Andrus, um, retired school teacher, school principal uh, from California, started us back in the late 50s. And these days, the the uh, we use death, uh, Dr. Andrus's name pretty often uh, throughout our work. But um, most significantly, we have something called the Andrus Award, which is the highest level award that um, AARP can give uh, to anybody, not just an ARP member, not just a volunteer, but to anybody who serves their community in each state. So each state has their own criteria, their own process, and so forth. And uh, for tw- and we typically will celebrate um, at the mid-year point who was the recipient, the award winner for the year before. So uh, we just celebrated um, the uh, awarding of the 2022 Andrus Award to uh, an ARP volunteer from the Charlotte area, formerly of the Charlotte area, known as jo- uh, Joetta Glover. And I'm mentioning her name because it'll be public knowledge and press releases and social media and all that other type of stuff. And she's been uh, out uh, working with us for uh, for years now. Um, and I just wanted to share just briefly a little bit about, uh, about Joetta because I'd known her, I recruited her to ARP 10 years ago. When I moved down from uh, ARP New York down to Charlotte, didn't know anybody. Um, and I got to be honest, I was a little nervous about Jason, about how, you know, these Southern folks were going to take to this Yankee coming down and recruiting them for <laughs> ARP, you know, and uh, wondering what in the world am I doing there? You know, first lesson I learned is don't do an event on a Wednesday night because as was very, uh, <laughs> very uh, gently put to me, everybody's in Bible study, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did a recruitment event. Uh, Joetta came out. She was one of the first people who came out who who joined our volunteer ranks. And from the get-go, I saw this was a very, very special person, um, getting her hands deep into everything, leading our community outreach work, organizing where what festivals and events we would have booths at, getting very involved in being a lead for our veterans and military families outreach work, um, and just being a tremendous person. You know, uh, you, you know, a lot of families have like, you know, that, you know, that the, the auntie or, or the grandma who everybody coalesces around, who's the healer, who's the organizer. And Joetta is like that, has been like that for the, the Charlotte Volunteer Network. And so I'm so, so proud that this wonderful woman who I recruited and who's been part of my life um, in um, throughout the ARP's work um, got the distinct oper- distinct honor of being the Andrus Award winner for uh, 2022. Um, and again, a lot of times uh, this award goes out to people who aren't even affiliated with ARP. They're just movers and shakers. And so it's just a, been a tremendous um thing to celebrate for me personally and for us as a team. So if you're listening there, Joetta, congratulations and we love you and we look forward to your what's next, uh, whatever that may be. So let's get on to the other celebration. We want to talk to Jason with our guest today, and this involves some executive action that was taken by Governor Roy Cooper just this past week. Joining us right now here in the studio from ARP North Carolina is our manager of livable communities and advocacy, 
Lisa Regal. Lisa, thanks so much for being back with us. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me back to share this exciting news. Yes, and so that's that's the big news for this for this week. The governor signed an executive order that declares that AARP um, is now an age-friendly state. So tell us a bit about that. What does that mean, and, and how did this happen? Uh, sure. So um, we're excited that the governor has now has issued an executive order uh, directing his cabinet agencies to work together to better plan and better prepare for our aging population. You know, you've probably, if you've been listening to the show, you know um, North Carolina is rapidly growing, and where we're growing the most is with our 65-plus. We now have more people, you know, over 60, over 65 than under 18. And, and with that shift, um, the, the needs of the community and the services change. So this is just a recognition, and we're very excited about that, raising awareness. Um, and, and what went along with this um, executive order was also the state enrolled in the AARP's network of age-friendly communities. So that's very exciting um, from an AARP perspective because we now, North Carolina, is the 10th state to join that network. Um, we also have nationwide over 750 communities, about 14 of which are right here in North Carolina. So now the, the governor has um, officially enrolled us in that. So we are working officially towards being more age friendly. And we use the word age friendly because it's when you do make your community better for the older adults, you're also making it better for all people, you know, all ages. That's right. And it's really important for people to understand. We talk about age friendliness. You know, we don't want to put ourselves into these generational boxes and saying, well, this is for older adults versus young folks. Uh, this is really to allow for people to be able to live the best lives possible, regardless of their age or the, or their ability or where they, they live in the state. And that's the significant thing here, right? right? I mean, because we've spoken about in the past with you about age-friendly communities locally or a county like Mecklenburg County or Wake County being in the network. But this is statewide. This is a big deal. Yeah, it's a statewide. And I really think it just sets that bar and that goal and that direction, that aspiration. Um, there are a lot of things that can be done at the state level, but I think it also encourages action at the more local level. So I think we're going to see, um, you know, more people coming. It also brings people together. So this framework, you know, this network, it brings in other stakeholders, uh, both traditional, you know, folks from his cabinet, but also um, as part of this effort, we're going to be uh, looking at bringing in um, the private, you know, it's going to be the most successful if we bring in other folks like the private sector to figure out how we can crack this nut and make our communities better. Right. A very wide, comprehensive approach. Now, Governor Cooper has about 18 months left in office at the time that we're recording this. Um, obviously, he can't run again. Um, how much thought is being given to this executive order um, having real roots into the future. So this won't just be a pet initiative of the current governor, but something that will live on. Yeah, well, it, he, um, the good thing is, is that he's already started on this, that, that uh, we began working with the governor's office several years ago, you know, and then we had um, COVID and et cetera. But last year in 2022, at the beginning of the year, we 
did begin the work to this. So when he, you know, has we've joined this network and we've had this order, already we've begun the process. We had about a year of surveying and identifying what are the gaps and the needs across the state. We surveyed every single county. And when I say we, it's really a, a joint effort, but mostly it's the state leading it, the governor's office, Hometown Strong, and Department of Health and Human Services with the support of AARP. Um, and then we had a, a summit to bring in more stakeholders and, de- and determine the next steps. But as part of this, um, the next step in this whole process of becoming age-friendly is developing the plan. And we've already begun that planning process for the plan. And, um, and by bringing a, in more partners to work on this, that's one way of making it more have more longevity. Um, other states have passed legislation to support this effort. So, you know, we could always consider that, and the group has already been talking about that a little bit. Um, Another thing in uh, why we think this isn't going to just sit on the the shelf is that there's been a lot of work in the past decades, and people are saying, oh, we're getting older, we're getting older. Well, guess what? We are older now, Mm -hmm. and we need to do something now. We need to be proactive. And um, I can talk a little bit more about some other complementary um, initiatives that will actually feed into this whole initiative. Yeah, and this has been a process that's been going on as, as for, for a while. As you mentioned here, people have been talking about the, the aging population, um, the baby boom, so to speak, for many years. And now here we are right in the middle of it. And uh, this process, these conversations with the governor, you know, really took off the last few years. And here we are at the point, folks, where um, where things are really going to start to happen and the rubber's really going to be hitting the road. We're going to talk to you more about that. We're speaking with Lisa Regal here at ARP Without Limits. We'll be back after this break. And we're back. This is AARP Without Limits. Send us a question, send us a comment, send us a suggestion for a future topic or guest by sending an email, aarpwithoutlimits at aarp.org. We've been speaking today with Lisa Regal, who's our manager of advocacy and livable communities for AARP North Carolina about this wonderful uh, executive order that was signed by the governor declaring the state to be age friendly. And there's a lot a lot of history behind that and a lot more work to do. Um, but uh, Lisa, this executive order comes after the governor's office and state agencies uh, worked with AARP on something called Age My Way NC. For those who are unfamiliar with that, tell us a little bit about it. So that is the first foray into officially getting to this position of the executive order and declaring the state age friendly. So that's the That was the initiative we started last year where we surveyed the state, identified gaps, had a summit, did listening sessions, and now we've started work on that multi-sectoral aging plan. So that doesn't sound very sexy. We are going to come up with a more exciting name like we love, Age My Way. That really helped propel that initiative by having that that name, and that also keyed off a national um, theme for the Older Americans Month. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. May is the beginning of Older Americans that's Month. Right, that's right. That's right. We're going to celebrate time. that too. Yes, perfect time to be, you know, declaring mm-hmm. the state age friendly and executive order, et cetera. So uh, we really think it's a great nexus of, you know, starting the plan for aging. Um, and at the same time, we've already done a lot of background work this year. Well, 2022, uh, the North Carolina Institute of Medicine established a healthy aging task force. Mm-hmm. So we want to know, you know, we are all living longer. We're we're feeling healthier. We're feeling younger. Many of us feel that we're a lot younger than our parents were at the same age and our grandparents were at the same age. And 
that's not everyone. So we want to make sure what can we do to make sure that future North Carolinians can continue to age well and then the and make it so that it's more equitable so everybody has that opportunity to age well. Um, because the healthier we are, the less we're going to need more caregiving, health care. It'll be easier on our loved ones. So we, we really want to float all boats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really think the results of this Healthy Aging Task Force can really guide that master, you know, the multi-sector um, plan on aging. Um, they already have, um, they will be releasing recommendations in the, like later in this summer. So, and I'll just give you kind of like a little glimpse on some of the things if Please, you want to yes. <laughs> live healthily. So some of the things are like social isolation. We all know that um, during COVID, we all felt a little isolated. Well, for older adults, it was even worse, especially if they were stuck in a nursing home and could never see their loved ones. You know, people liken it to smoking 15 cigarettes a day, the impact on your health. So we've got to do things to improve social isolation. The other thing which I experienced myself, trips and falls. You think trips and falls, big deal, right? Cost the state millions, maybe even billions, just in healthcare costs, lost work leave. So this year, of course, my big dog pulled me over and I wound up with a big medical bill. So there are things that as you age that you can do to um, prevent tripping and falling. And Mm -hmm. so those are going to be probably part of the recommendations of this task force. And we want to integrate some of those tactics into this plan. Um, and then just your community, how, you know, we're going to outlive our ability to drive by 10 years. What's our plan for getting people around houses, you know, back in the 1940s and our communities were, you know, we began really developing and homes were built for families of four or more. Mm -hmm. Now the average household in North Carolina is, um, more than half or just one or two people. So first of all, we need more housing that's more suitable for that, but also affordability. We don't need big houses. We have plenty of that stock. So how can we build some homes that are more suitable to the type of households that we have today? At the same time, that's great for younger people too, because people are marrying later. They're having smaller families and costs are so high. So if you have these housing options, we're not saying change how, you know, we have, we just want options and choices so that um, no matter what your age is, you can have the right home, you know, for your pocketbook and for what you need. Mm-hmm. A lot there to unpack for sure. And I'm so glad you said what you did about, you know, the choices. Um, and, and then you mentioned before the name Age My Way NC. And what's important for people to understand here is that what the state is tr- attempting to do here is to make sure that people have the opportunity to be able to live their lives as they age with a sense of greater sense of independence, dignity, and choice. And the way to do that, folks, because we're not talking about, you know, the last thing we need is a one-size-fits-all government approach. That's not what this is about. You need to be engaged in your community, right? We want folks to be stepping up and to say, hey, this is the type of services that the type of service that we need. And you know, when you get that survey sent to you from ARP or from a state government asking for what do you need in your community, don't just throw it away, <laughs> you know, uh, but actually take the time to indicate what your needs are. What are the types of things that you want to see in your community that will allow you to be able to stay in your community? And this way, there's no there's no excuse down the road, right? I mean, you can't say, well, you know, you've had the opportunity to weigh in and you didn't, that's on you. And I really appreciate what what the state's doing in trying to to, to gather some of that. Now, real quickly, uh, the state is 80% rural. Uh, What does being an age-friendly state mean for those people living in the rural areas? Yeah, well, it's especially important in the rural areas because they're growing older faster, Mm -hmm. you know, because people are not really 
they're moving to the cities to get jobs. So we really need to be focusing on making sure that they can get around. So transportation's a little bit harder in the rural areas because things are further away. Um, we, you, know, you probably could imagine broadband. It's harder to get out there, but that's where it's even more necessary so that they can get the information. Things like telehealth. You can get healthcare coverage via the internet with telehealth if you have good coverage. So the ideas that are important for this age-friendly are especially important for the rural areas where those services, the community supports, um, are even more challenged and, and need some of those attention. Mm-hmm. Now, you bring things back to Raleigh here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also lead our advocacy work in the state house, and there's been some movement regarding housing, which, of course, is part of at living in a livable community. So what's the latest? What's going on there? Yeah, so North Carolina has been blessed with rapid growth, but with that comes price inflation. Infl- inflation. So it's just housing is becoming unaffordable. Um, and some of the things that we would like to see done to better accommodate aging population is this options, which I just talked about. So one thing that we've been working on with education and outreach is ADUs, accessory dwelling units. Mm -hmm. So the good news is that House Bill 409 just passed the House this week. It's on to the center last week, and it's on to the Senate. So we hope that will um, be be successful. What that does is it removes some barriers that, again, were put in place decades ago and makes it easier for people to put another little dwelling on their property for um, you know, if it's a family, then they might want to have their grandmother live there so they can eat more easily take care of her or flip flip it. It's a person living in a house and then their care li- caregiver can live there or they can make, you know, some income renting out that ADU. So the good news is, is the barriers are um, being removed. Hopefully the, it'll probably get tweaked in the Senate because I know there's some pushback and concern. We want to make sure it's, you know, there's some consensus, but that's happening. Um, so we're really excited about about that bill. But there's other things being considered um, because housing is not just important for older adults, but it's important for everyone. Mm. And that housing thing is so, so important because, you know, as, when, as you know, whenever we survey people to find out what, as you age and you need more services, you know, would you rather stay in your own community? Overwhelmingly, yes. Would you like to be able to stay in your own home and get the services that you need? Overwhelmingly, yes. If you've got mobility issues, getting up and down the stairs may not be the answer for you, but if there's an ADU on the property and you can still stay with your family but be in a living quarters that allows you to be able to do that, that that is certainly one option that people can have. And again, it's about options and choices, which is one of the things that makes this so, so significant for our state. Uh, Lisa Regal, thank you so much uh, for being with us. It's always a pleasure to have you here uh, in the studio and talk about what it is that ARP North Carolina is working on um, in the state house and beyond that. Um, so that is a wrap, folks. Um, as always, you can visit our Facebook, ARP North Carolina, to see what we've got going on. Thank you to Lisa Regal for being our guest. Thank you to Jason Kong for production. Thank you, the listeners, for listening. This has been AARP Without Limits. I'm Mike Olander, signing off.